Stephen here, producer of Adventures in Ideology. This episode contains uh, some rather uh, extreme content. It starts off as a discussion about the long history of scandals at the Hillsong Church, and then branches out into uh, some personal examples from people's lives, uh, being in the church scene in Red Deer, Alberta. We want to warn people and let them know that this content uh, does include reference to sexual assault. The problem that people find when they are continuously hearing about church leaders behaving badly is not an isolated incident, that there are systemic and structural issues that promote these problems, that an urgent need exists for these structural issues to gain redress. So it's a bit of a darker episode. It's a heavier episode. Um, we want you to know what you're getting into before you go in. If you you know, have trauma triggers related to these topics, uh, please, you don't need to listen to it. But we think it's something that's really important. And these issues need to be talked about and addressed. Hi, friends. And welcome to our episode today for the main feed or yeah for the main feed we'll do it live the people yep, need to live know. welcome to our interjection episode on our main feed there has been some controversy as of late in the hillsong church and we are here to talk about it so i have mitch and Lindsay with me hello our favorite people <laughs> gonna get right into it i guess we're just gonna start raging yeah we, that's what i'm gonna do yeah i love it yeah so unfortunately, Candace isn't with us today, but the three of us are going to have a great time. She has a date. She will also have a great time. She will. It's all good. That's we're going we're gonna to have a better time. Yeah. It's a uh -huh. competition. Right? That's what family's for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can share notes afterwards and it won't be awkward and weird at all. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> She's going to listen to the recording of this and be like, what is wrong with you guys? And we'll listen to the recording of her date. And... Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> so the biggest catalyst issue, I guess, that we're talking about today is Brian Houston, founder of Hillsongs, has been found to engage in, to have engaged in inappropriate behavior in, oh, this was in 2019. Well, there was two incidents. It looks like one yeah. happened... 10 years ago, which involved an inappropriate text message, text messages, more than one from Pastor Brian to a member of the staff, which resulted in the staff member resigning. And then uh, two, two, three years ago, 2019, when Brian became disoriented after a session at the Hillsong Conference, following the consumption of anti-anxiety medication beyond the prescribed dose, mixed with alcohol, which resulted in him knocking on the door of a hotel room that was not his, entering this room and spending time with a female occupant. So, uh -huh. And on top of that, there, uh, he also concealed um, child sexual abuse, which was carried out by his father in the 70s. My understanding was it was brought to him and he was required, because it was sexual abuse, he was required to bring it to the cops, and he refused to because it was his dad. So 
I think that because in the 70s, he himself would have been a child. So he didn't, I don't think he found out about it until he was an adult, until until uh, the payoff right. was brought because his his dad, because the man came forward, one of one man out of many who are um, alleged uh, victims of his dad right. uh, came forward and uh, he was like, what can we do to keep you quiet? We'll pay you 10 grand. So mm. they, uh, wow. Wow. First of all, only mm. 10 grand for, you know, basically raping this boy over and over again. Who knows how many and, times? Uh, yeah. yeah. Who was now an adult, but finally came forward. But yeah. And so he wasn't getting the check never came. So then he, contacted brian and brian is like oh yeah we'll get that to you um and so this was in 2004 um so 2004 um the man got his money um and then brian's dad his name is frank or something um he died in 2004 so then there was no more contact after that whatsoever i mean obviously because he's dead but no more contact um, right between the victim and brian right um it was just here's your 10 grand hush hush Jesus Christ, or, or maybe yeah, not. Maybe we had nothing to do with this. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go against uh, what we planned, where I said that I wouldn't do research for this because apparently I can't help myself. Brian Houston was born in 54. So in the 70s, he would have been an adult for most of it, like a young adult, okay. but definitely capable okay. of knowing what's going on. Right. Well, and he may I not see... have known. I mean, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Oh, I don't, yeah, um, it's yeah, not clear yeah. when he when he knew, but yeah, it's, well, it's not clear yeah. when he knew about it. But it is right. clear that instead of reporting it to the cops, he bribed people to keep silent. Yes, yes, um, he did know about and it. Interestingly, yes. in his gay sorry, sorry, I, I do have to finish this because it mm-hmm. jumped into my head. Um, in his gay bashing preaching, he has said that he thinks his father was a closeted homosexual in like a sermon about how, you know, we, we love gay people, but just think that they are monsters and need to be abused. Um, oh, that's so upsetting. Cause that's so, also, and that was in like 2015. So he would have yeah. known and holy yeah. shit. That's really upsetting for a couple reasons. Well, okay. So first here it says police allege that Brian Houston knew of his father's abuse as early as 1999. So, um, oh, okay. Okay. Somewhere around there. But the reason that that's upsetting to me is because it is in in my my interpretation of that is that it's conflating the issue. Like it is it is saying that homosexuality is the same as pedophilia. And right. which homophobes tend to believe. Yes. Yes. Which is, is very upsetting not. and not at all true. No, I mean, this was an adult who was his past I mean, his dad, I think his name is Frank, so I'm just going to call him Frank. Um, Frank Houston, he was a pastor starting a church, and this boy and his family were friends. And so they would go places together and stuff, and Frank would come into his room. This is all in the documentary on um, uh, Discovery Plus. Discovery. You can get a free trial, so get your free trial so you can watch the three hours of this horror show. Um and he would go into this room and just touch this boy for mul- like multiple times. And of course, the boy is, I think he said he was eight years old or something when it first started. So obviously, he couldn't do anything. Obviously, he's terrified that this grown man, a grown man, if you're gay, 
touch another grown man consensually if that's what you want. You don't go into a freaking boy's room and start touching him. Yeah. Well, and and I want to say sometimes for like pedophiles sexually assaulting people, it's not a, even about a gender preference. It's about mm -hmm. vulnerability and uh, mm -hmm. being able to abuse someone younger than you. And mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't even really particularly care. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Very gross. I, it's actually kind of hard for me to do. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's hard um, to talk about. Speculation really. on this shit. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, and we should, I'm just going to say this now on the recording uh, so that we remember it after um, whoever is editing this, that we should start the episode with a... Um, what is content, it called? Like content warning. Content, content warning. Yes. Yeah. Of like, yeah. hey, we talk about these things and it's going to be upsetting. So. Yeah. Especially because it's going to be on the main feed. Excuse me. So. Yes. Yeah. Content so I'm just warning saying that now. basically everything. Like, aside <laughs> from. Much I guess really yeah. I guess there's no brutal depictions of gore, but we cover pretty much every other <laughs> gamut of. Upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this might be a rough episode uh, to listen to. Yeah, but I think it's also needed because yes, like Hillsong and all the other churches and all the other mega church pastors who are doing this and getting away with it need to be found out, and the word needs to spread as if people don't already know, and the evangelical church needs to stop being blind to it. The thing is. <laughs> We can not say just this. blind. Right. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, um, go ahead. like <laughs> um, they're just like being willingly blind to it for one thing. And yeah. the people who like if we if we share this episode, for example, it might be a lot of like ex evangelical or ex evangelicals or non religious people listening and agreeing. You it's gonna be hard to actually get an evangelical Christian to listen to it mm -hmm. with open ears because what christians do is like with any like with the movie the turning red or anything that's like mildly <laughs> controversial like oh my god they talk about periods in that show you guys like it is the worst that's what christians do all the time like i'm not gonna watch this because i heard this and this and this you hear bits and pieces of things and then you're so scared to actually check it out yourself so a couple mm -hmm. years ago i started actually checking out things for myself because it was all hearsay you know and mm -hmm. it's just like what are you scared of like you see it and you find there's nothing wrong or you see it and you agree that it's not appropriate for children or for whatever mm -hmm. but actually look at it yourself and stop listening to these people who these fear mongers who are trying to scare you into staying into your in your cult the article that we will be talking about specifically there's a couple things we might highlight because of all of this stuff that happened Hillsong then had a private meeting, which was aired over Zoom for or over Zoom slash a private YouTube link. Yeah, there was there was an unlisted YouTube link, which is yes. about as secure as holding your board meeting in a public bathroom and just hoping <laughs> nobody walks in. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so he got the link and then he kind of transcribed and worked his way through the meeting. So uh, we are going to just like pick some of the highlights from his article. I'll attach the article 
uh, in the show notes as well if people want to follow along or see kind of the details of it. But we will see kind of how the church then rallies around Brian and basically is like, look, all of us together need to make sure that, you know, that we're all in this together and somehow it's everybody's fault. Yeah. But also like nobody's fault. Like, right. And this is what the church does. Just highlighting what you were saying, Lindsay, about how they don't actually hear things or see the problems. They then just double down on defense defensiveness. The, uh, the language that they use is very abstract. They talk about there is a crisis. We are experiencing a crisis. They don't say what happened. They don't say who did something. Um, you know, they, they can't uh, ignore acknowledging that Brian Houston is resigning. But uh, the language is very like Reagan era mistakes were made, except they don't even go so far as to say that there are mistakes. Just there is a crisis and it's important that we weather this crisis together. Yeah. They're going all in on group mentality. Like this isn't this isn't a leadership being abusive and covering up abuse problem. This is a problem for all of us. Yes, exactly. Your feelings of belonging in this church and turn them into defense of these freaks and monsters. Yeah. And how much they talk about, they talk at least three times about, we want to honor Pastor Brian and Bobby. Bobby, I think is his wife's name. Um, yes, okay. always the wife, always mentioning yeah. the wife. Like, and she uh, had nothing to do with it. Yeah, she's it's like, like turning them into a unit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, she there's she has no charges against her at all. She may be involved in the um extravagant lifestyle. I right. mean, obviously if she's married to him, she's going to be receiving that. Um, but you know, who knows what's going on behind closed but, doors in their marriage yeah, and stuff. I mean if I was her, I would just be running in the opposite direction. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's, so, there's so many red flags here. Yeah. But she, she, realistically, we see over and over again when this happens to men in the church and their wives, you know, they stay and dutifully fight beside mm-hmm. them with whatever, you know, like, so she pro- chances are their marriage will just somehow be will be informed that it gets stronger through this but right well and you know like we do not particularly with the with the wife we do not really have enough information at this time to speculate but sometimes in these cases of like a lifetime abuser the partner unfortunately becomes like even um not only complicit but sometimes even enthusiastically complicit that's true horrifying as that sounds and that is not necessarily the case here but it is a possibility yeah Yeah. that's yeah that's a good point that or they are too scared to leave because of the repercussions of what will happen to them yep if they leave like they are terrified of like for their own safety and their reputation everything like i thought of mark driscoll's wife i don't actually know her name but like with how he is like he terrorizes people he he's a terrifying person people. yeah and his wife i again this is speculation so but i wouldn't be surprised if he if she wants to leave and is scared of her husband she will yeah. probably at least stay for as long as her kids are kids until they are raised if not longer but i hope that she can just get out 
I mean, Mark Driscoll is on the record of being proud about being able to scare and bully people into submission. So yes, I think it's very easy to speculate that's what's going on there. And I think you raise a really good point um, that because we can't really know and because people can be so beaten down and afraid uh, from being close, probably the closest to a horrifically abusive person the first thing that we should jump to should never be complicity it should be offering an opportunity for a way out and if there has been complicity like giving a open opportunity to get out is still the kindest and best thing to do both Mm -hmm. for the spouse and for seeking justice for people who were harmed you know it is it is just the best course in all cases yeah Yeah, I think as we read this letter, too, what they talk about is always, like, be careful what you're saying about the pastor. Like, basically, like, you can't talk bad about the pastors and stuff like this. And it's like, we should be saying, like, like, if you are saying, you should say what the charges are and what the situation is with this guy. And if it's not true, then that will come to light. And if it is true, which it likely is, or factually is, I don't know where they are and investigating and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. but that like what is true will come to light. So there shouldn't be a problem saying these are the charges against him. We don't know if they're true or not, but these are the charges and, you know, and also apologizing to the people who have come forward who are the victims and offering them whatever it is that they need like money for counseling and therapy and all of this stuff. Like, yeah. Like let's talk about the victims. You don't mention the victims. I know. Not once, not once do they talk about, because that would be admitting that something, uh, the, the content of what has actually happened, which they do not want to do. And yes, uh, as far as this meeting goes, and this is, this is a pretty common kind of uh, meeting if we talk about like the abstract space of how organizations and institutions function, not just religion. Uh, this is a damage control meeting and they mm-hmm. are not yes. interested in being better or making restitution or self-reflection here. That, that is very clear that the organizational strategy right now is to just make this hurt them as little as possible mm-hmm. and by making everyone shut up and pretend nothing happened and to move forward and yep. by creating by, by uh demanding uh solidarity from people demanding mm-hmm. that they actually say well this is going to bring us together and make us trust each other more they're using this to drag people further in yeah yeah well yeah if i think if churches learned chose maybe is a better word to be actually be transparent when things like this happened i think people would not have such strong hatred towards the church yeah i think you know like if there was genuine vulnerability and genuine like transparency of like look we hired this guy and maybe we shouldn't have because he terrorized kids or you know (laughs) like like actual like hey, we made a mistake, instead of what they do here is they blame, they basically make Brian the victim mm-hmm. yes. of the circumstance. Like, yeah. oh, our poor lead pastor, you know, was in this situation 
on, you know, outside of his self-control and, oh no, this thing happened and now he's stepping down. Yeah. But, like, because one of the things that they say is, irrespective of the circumstances, we can all agree that Brian and Bobby have served God faithfully over many decades and their ministry has resulted in many millions of people across the world being impacted by the power of grace and love of Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, it's such a load of crap. Well, now you've just fucked these people over because now what you have done is is like, you know, everyone's aware of it. So the people that you think that you led to Jesus and were so loving and great toward are now pissed exactly. off and completely exactly. disillusioned. Yeah. And they haven't been serving God faithfully. At least Brian hasn't. He's been serving himself. He's been getting all the money, so much money, millions of dollars. And he's been serving himself and just loving the ride. And and what they're doing in that paragraph is like, um, it's, I mean, as far as Christian theology goes, it's false. And as far as like just being a okay person or institution, it's false. There is no transactional component to good deeds. No, um, no. It, it doesn't matter if uh, and and they they try to do that. Mar- Mark Driscoll leans on this as well. He's like, oh, well, I might be an asshole, but like the people that I have saved are worth an infinite amount. It's like, well, no, like one that doesn't. Yeah. Are, are have you actually saved people Two, But but more importantly, yeah. two, you could have done that and not be an asshole. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was not actually important or a primary component of what happened. Like there, there was not a transaction that took place where uh, your church leader binged on benzos and booze and sexually assaulted a woman. And then God said, oh, okay, he did a bad thing. Time to tip the scales to good thing. That's not real. That's, mm-hmm. that's no, not something that's not anyone believes in. And they yeah. just try to kind of sneak it in there yeah. as if it matters. Well, because then it looks, it's more like, well, look at this amazing man of God. And, oh, oops, he made one tiny, tiny little mistake instead of, no, this person actively chose to, you know, do God knows what with mm-hmm. with multiple women and blamed mm-hmm. it on medication that he should or should not have been taking at the time. And I would right? uh, like, oh, sorry, I thought you were not. No, go ahead. Oh, um, so I was listening to um, another podcast earlier. Uh, it's called uh, God Has Not Given. I don't know if you have. Um, she's on Instagram. Her name is uh, Janice Lagata. And she was involved with Hillsong for a long time. And she was. Okay. And so I would recommend listening to that one, too, because that she has like an inside scoop of what goes on. And um, she's like, there's no way he accidentally like knocked on someone's door because he has he has like a a man like a bodyguard or whatever some guy who's like in charge of keys in charge of the you know like so someone has his hotel keys for him someone's making his tea as what oh they were saying God. you know like you know so he yeah. has people doing everything for him so there's no way that he someone wasn't aware of where he was you know and so on so it's all very fishy well, this is this is the flip side of drug scare stuff is people not having a realistic idea of what addiction looks like and what drug abuse looks like. And it's very something very sinister happens here where this is not the sort of like the 
how can I put it? The, the, the conservative puritanical congregation of Hillsong would not extend the same attitude of, oh, he was just taking too much benzos and also drinking. He didn't know what he was doing. They would not extend that courtesy to no. No. someone outside of the church. No. Never. Or someone or, or a lower person on the, on the ladder. Or yeah. a woman inside the church. Right. Oh, God, Absolutely no. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. And, and like, uh, I'm sorry, if you're recreational cruising on bonus benzos and boozing up, uh, you, you are culpable and, in fact, in control of what you're doing, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so then they're talking about how great Brian and Bobby are. And then basically they're like, we're still seeking God for his wisdom. And then this paragraph, we acknowledge that change is needed. We have committed to an independent review of our governance structure and processes. Um, it's interesting yeah. to me that they say that they're committed to an independent review. But if you've decided on an independent review, you probably know, like, by whom. And not specifying makes me question, one, are they actually doing that? Two, is it actually independent? Because totally. this, this is this is an in, this is an inside secret staff meeting and they're not yeah. specifying. Yeah. So like no, I, I call bullshit. If they're yeah. if if this is as inside circle as you get, well, yeah. aside from like people at the upper levels of authority who pr are probably having their own dis discussions, but like, no, they're not gonna do shit. Otherwise mm -hmm. they could have been specific. Yeah. Uh, so then, so that was um, Phil. Phil was the one, Phil Dooley. Uh, that was kind of his statement. Phil and Dooley then he passed the freaking haircut. Pass, I know. <laughs> his hair's a little wild. Uh, he uh, <laughs> passes it over to Pastor Robert, who is another, like the worship pastor, I think. Uh, no, just a key team member. So another key one of the leadership. Yeah. Uh, but but staff for over 30 years. So, yeah. so a lifer. Yeah. He looks really familiar. I must have seen him somewhere. So um, then basically he just is like, um, he's like, Phil's handling this really well. Like, thanks for your statement, basically. Um, so he's like, so he's like, I want to do a couple things. First, I want to talk about Brian and Bobby and honor them. And then I want to give you practical advice on how you should handle this situation. And that advice is, uh, shut up. Yeah, sit down <laughs> yeah, and basically. shut up. Just don't say anything. And I want to pray too, because, you know, let's just keep covering this in prayer. Well, yeah, and then I want to pray. And then he's like, and just keep in mind, no one is going to handle this perfectly, which is basically just a, like, it's basically just like, look, we can be giant assholes about this and you can't call us on it because nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's yeah, true. Well, it's so yeah. true, you know? So let's just stop asking questions. Um, it, it's so sinister, the, uh, the, the statement. Uh, and and how he packs so much uh, untargeted, just kind of vague religiosity into yeah. it. Like, oh, and and thirdly, while I'm telling you to shut up, and that the Bible says to shut up, 
I remind myself of the eternal promises of God, even though this is a shock. What God said yesterday, a thousand years ago, and an eternity ago will still apply tomorrow and the next year and the next thousand years. It's it's a total non sequitur. It's yeah. just yeah. like when you're losing an when you're losing an argument and you go for the. Did you know that while you were a sinner? Christ died for you. Like, yeah. it, it's desperate flailing to satisfy their own need to make yeah. people feel like things are okay and they are the good guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and then he's talking basically about how great Brian is. Like, I will honor them. Brian yeah, I will always honor them. Ugh. I really, I really appreciate the uh, um, David's kind of commentary as he goes through and because he's just like i will always honor them and then he's just like for fuck's sake the circle goes on and that's like my favorite line that's, that's exactly what they're doing yeah is just like oh he's so great he's so great he's so great let's just shove this one thing under the bus or under the rug because um like because look at look at all the great vision that he had and look at how great this ministry has been and like it's just so gross yeah yep yep and if you are like a uh a devout christian who takes your relationship with uh scriptures seriously what they do is also gross uh because yeah. he uses a bible verse he's like you know i just wrote this down from first corinthians use your common sense i have no command from the lord a extremely vague short segment of verse which he then paraphrases to say oh in other words this means guys use your brain here the bible says there's a time to speak and not to speak so use your common sense nowhere in that verse is there anything about time to speak and not to speak and even if it didn't yeah. So what, yeah. yes, this is the part where he's conveying like, hey, use your common sense. We're under attack. Shut up and don't make waves. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he yeah. follows that up with think about how your choices will affect other people. This is really yeah. important. But what you say and do will impact the way other people do things. Yeah. He yeah. is threatening people with, hey, we lead people to God, which they set up earlier, talking about how many souls were saved. They say, we're yep. in the business of saving souls. If you make this problem a bigger problem than we want it to be, which is none, if you don't help us make this go away, that will interfere with saving souls and you'll yes. send people to hell. They yes. are holding people hostage with this idea of how their work is mandatory to salvation. But here's the thing. If you believe that God leads people to witness and evangelize and bring people to him, you can do that without an organization of sex pests and uh, yes. corrupt money-grubbing losers. Yeah. You know? And why are they saying like, oh, we got to keep it quiet, guys? It's already out there. It's already yeah, a problem. Like you cannot make it any worse that's where the sinister thing of this being an internal private staff meeting comes in, because yeah. I don't think this is just about like broader public damage control. I think this is about inside the church damage control. Right. Um, what you were saying at the beginning of this, Lindsay, really struck a chord with me and it hadn't occurred to me until you were talking about it. This uh, instituting like fear and vagueness and like, oh, there are bad things happening, but you shouldn't look. Mm -hmm. um, like that's what they're going for here is for people in Hillsong to be aware that something is not okay, but you know what? 
I shouldn't look at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, how many other pastors, come, like, come on now, Phil Dooley, this other guy who's been there for 30 years, they know other stuff that has been going on. I'm like, oh, in sure. my head, when they're oh, like, oh, yeah. Phil Dooley's now the pastor, I'm like, why? Just, just quit. Just, like, yeah. I never in my life would have thought I would want the church to die, but, like, I told yeah. Jeremy, I was, like, like, after watching that last episode on Discovery of the Hillsong thing, I was, like, I am never setting foot in a church again, and the church just needs to die. And he was like, well, maybe it can just be revamped. And I'm like, no, you can't. You can't fix this. It's too far gone. Like, it needs to die, and if something else comes out different, not these mega churches, mega leaders who are, you know, spending other people's tithes and sacrificial money on their own wealth and gain like if it's you're doing little home churches or whatever whatever it is like if you want to do that great but like fuck the traditional american church i am over it yeah and it makes me like it makes me sad because on one hand i like it was my whole life like i wish i didn't feel that way you know like i thought of sometimes like maybe looking at going to a more traditional church where it's like they have an like already printed sermon or whatever like a lutheran church or something like that and it's just like every lutheran church does this sermon i think like throughout that throughout that you, usually it's the the entire contents of the service will be the same except for some okay. hymns and and the sermon will hopefully be different okay but but the rest of the content like the prayers and the uh, and the structure of the service yeah Yeah, because like that's something that i found comfort in was like or that i do find comfort in is just like the tradition of like just like sitting just like sitting even if it's like like just in reverence you know just or just sitting and thinking or like praying quietly but in like this nice church building I don't know like there's something that's like a nice little thing about it but also I'm like I don't I don't want to make friends with like I'm not gonna be in a freaking small group I'm not gonna do you know so do life with people or whatever they say I'm like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know it's just the church has just pissed me off for so long. And then this was over the top when I found yeah. out like what this pastor had done. And it's like, it's rampant. It's not just mm-hmm. these mega churches. I'm like, I wish, I wish I could trust no. a pastor. I want to be able to do that. Right? Like this there's is... gotta be, there's gotta be somebody out there who's truly like wanting to follow God and not serve themselves. But there's something that happens when someone is in a place of power they forget what they originally came to do and then it becomes so screwed up and i'm just ugh. yeah I'm, I'm i'm done i'm so done preach no. <laughs> yeah I, I i think that uh you absolutely hit the nail on the head it's a matter of powerful institutions and when you have a powerful institution like hillsong that is completely wrapped and contorted around protecting abusers, then anyone who, you know, like the person who inherits Brian Houston's position is either because because these organizations self-select, if you are a really good person and you can't stand these sorts of things, 
you will get pushed out and leave either because you can't stand it or because they can't trust you and don't want you there. Right. Uh, because you might spill the beans on them. Yep. Or very bleakly, you will just over time become one of them. Yeah. Um, and so like the successor to Brian Houston is going to be either someone with the same uh, distorted, abusive, narcissistic outlook on like as Brian Houston or someone who is conditioned to uh, accept and allow those sorts of people to uh, thrive. Um, and, and, and it's this way with uh, other institutions, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and this is why people are leaving the church. Yeah. Because every time there is a scandal, which happens literally all the time, <laughs> Yeah, within the church, and it's usually some sort of sexual scandal, mm -hmm. right? Someone has an affair, someone's sleeping mm -hmm. with one of their congregants, someone is taking advantage of their youth group, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they always close ranks around them. They always hide it. They always say that it's everyone's problem to not mm -hmm. talk about it amongst themselves or, you know, process it or deal mm -hmm. with it or deconstruct and then blame the victims for being the ones that bring it up. Yeah. yeah. And like no one, like no wonder nobody wants to be in the church because there's no authenticity there. Like, yeah, it's so hypocritical. It's so hypocritical. Like that's not, that's sorry. That's not the Jesus that I grew up being told about. Mm -hmm. Like that's not how he handles, would handle this situation. Like, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's so gross. Yeah. So, cause like the next thing that he says is, so, right, so he lists, like, think about how your choices affect other people, Mitch, that you were saying. And then the next thing is, like, take simple steps to reduce trouble. You see you see it, an argument, a discussion that's inappropriate, take simple steps to put oil on troubled water. So, again, they're saying, if you hear people talking about it, trying to process it, trying to process their feelings and emote and, like, figure out what's actually going on, call it gossip. And throw it under the rug. Toss it under the rug. Gossip, yes. Right? Gossip. Like, it's so infuriating. Yeah. Just it's just it's just damage control all over the place. Yes. They have no they have no sympathy for victims or for yeah, for any of that. They have to protect the big guy. And why though? Yeah. Why do they have to I mean, it's disappointing to know that someone that you believed in and looked up to screwed up so bad. Like, I get mm -hmm. that part of it, that it's heartbreaking yeah. and disappointing. But why do you have to protect him with your yeah. life? Yeah. Because that's that's kind of the, the mental path of least resistance, right? Like, unless... Yeah unless you have like severe anxiety or depression or whatever, most people are the hero of their own story, you know, in their own internal narrative, um, no matter how much you even believe in uh, like theological concepts, like original sin, most people think like, I am the good guy. Mm -hmm. I'm special. You know, I, um, yeah. I do, I do good work. Yeah. The things that I do are important and being hit with something like this, um, you know, it's, it's hard 
to be accountable and repentant to having been wrong. And when you're in an institution that will say, great, perfect, you don't need to, we're going to give you the easy way out. It's really yeah. seductive mm -hmm. to do that. And it's even more seductive uh, to return to this holding people hostage through salvation idea that they have because they they feed into that idea of what we're doing is important by telling people like, you know, souls are at stake. Our work is really important. It has to be defended at all costs. This is the priority. The priority is preserving the church. Do what you can to preserve the church. The church is the leadership. People come to see the celebrity pastor. Uh, and and so there's a there's a very coherent internal logic to it all. It's just sick and it's wrong. Yeah, yeah. So then basically he says God's going to turn up. Expect God to turn up because he w always does. <laughs> okay, now that I'm out of evangelical church, I could I could so easily preach a sermon. It's just it's just these same freaking platitudes over and over. Oh, yeah. Oh, God's going to turn up, you guys. I'm like, where did he go for one thing? Was he gone? Did he leave the building? Okay, so God's going to turn up. What the fuck does that even mean? What does that yeah. mean? That was my question as well. What does that, what does that mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the he's like, okay. I the the Holy Spirit in this place tonight, you guys. Yeah. It's not the music or the lighting or the fact that we're all just like so cozy in our seats. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit, you guys. And, and being emotionally keyed up. Well, this is feeding yeah. into that idea of like how holy and important their work is. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then he goes on to pray for Brian and Bobby and how amazing they are, basically. Mm -hmm. And then, and yeah, like he just keeps roping Bobby into everything with yeah, Brian when you have no idea. So that's yeah. that's got to be a little rough. Um, and then he prays for the church. He doesn't ever pray for the victims because, you know, no. nope. wouldn't want to say that possibly the guy is guilty. Well, Brian's the real victim here. Mm. He's the victim of those, the things he put in his body by himself. Like, and he just, yeah, like he doesn't, he just talks around the issue then. Cause he's like, and then I just thank you and pray that like, you will build your church on earth and that everyone will experience you. And that's it. Amen. And it like like it does not address any of the problems that are actually no. going on. Yep. Like it's so upsetting. Yeah. And then he kind and then he leaves, and then the other guy comes back. What's his name? Um, uh, Bill Dooley. Yeah. But I got it. Yeah. I I love what oh, uh, the yeah. writer of on this webworm says Australian weird owl comes back. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like that too. I have to stand up for weird, weird owl here. One, weird owl has aged far better than this dude. That's and true. two, just in general, that is slander. Weird owl is great. Weird owl is amazing. <laughs> well, it's just, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, bugs me. Being like a so, old hipster. Get over yourself. <laughs> It is true, though, that this dude has completely aged out of his look. Oh my um, gosh! And, like and not and not ago. gracefully. Sometimes, sometimes it can be a little quaint, 
you know, right. like I, I, I'm 30 and I still dress like I'm in my 20s a lot, <laughs> but uh, th this is a pretty dramatic age gap. This is um, like, this is like he's holding on for dear life and trying to be young and hip and you got to move on and dress, you know, like get a haircut and you'll look fine. Like take the stupid toque off your head. I think he just needs to get his hair longer and wear more toques. <laughs> I think he should be wearing at least three toques at the same time. And his hair should be down to, you know, his, his butt. Yeah. He should, you know, he needs a straight, like a curling iron. Yeah. Be as schlubby and weird and like do whatever look you want. That's fine. To me, the thing about it is that he, his look looks totally insincere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't just say to me. It doesn't just say to me. This is a sixty-year-old man who is like kind of a burnout and dresses in a schlubby way, and he's owning it. To me, it it reads as this is a man who's been a poser for forty years, and he's still doing it. Yeah, trying to connect try with. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to keep up with the culture of the young young adults yeah. in his church who will look yeah. so cool on stage and like have amazing voices and everything. He's got to keep up with them, and it ain't working. No, no day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then basically he's like, sure, like we all have things to process. Our pastoral team is here to talk if you want to. If you want someone, a friend you can trust in this difficult time. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, and let's keep he... it in the building, guys. If you have, if you want to yeah. talk about this and you need to let some emotions out, talk to the pastoral team in this room. Don't well, tell and we'll anyone outside the room because we we've, and... we've just learned through all of this that you can totally trust your pastors. Yeah, well, because then they then they can make sure they control the narrative. Yes, because they clearly have a better you know handle on things than other things. Yeah, than other people. Um, so then he like reads something from Job. That's not. I, um, was there anything else in that section that you guys wanted to highlight? Basically, then he goes back like, and now through the situation, God's presence is so close to me, and I hope for all of us that He will use this as a work in you. I, I think taking a scriptural quotation from Job in a time of suffering is a way of saying that, like, this is an abstract calamity that is happening and maybe God right. is testing us. And it's another way of saying no one's at fault when mm -hmm. actually, no, someone is very at fault. Yes, someone mm -hmm. has brought it upon themselves and now they are reaping the uh, repercussions of their actions. Yeah. And then he's like, and we're going to keep showing up every Sunday. <sighs> yep. Yeah. And then after that, he goes through. So that was kind of the end of the meeting. Yeah. Like, it's just so upsetting. And then he kind of goes through his feelings on it. David, David Ferrier, the guy who did the, um, tracked the meeting, then goes through some of his feelings. And like, and he's, he's just spot on with everything he says. Like mm -hmm. they honored Brian so many times, which is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. um, but they never mentioned what he'd done or allegedly done. And they didn't mention or apologize to any of his victims. Uh, they made it feel like a crisis had mysteriously happened to them. 
Like this is like just blatant denial of everything. Mm-hmm. And and this is exactly how churches handle most situations. This is what happened with, you know, Mark Driscoll mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the abuse going on in his church. This has happened in several other churches, big or small, when there is any type of abuse going on. Mm-hmm. It, it happened to people close to me. Yeah. 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 Which is so upsetting. Because if it involves the pastor's family, either the pastor or <laughs> other people in his family, uh-huh. then there is a major double standard. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> and then, ugh. And then he just talks about um, people who have like po- been posting supporting stuff. Which oh, is I gross. Guess, yeah. Yeah. Just, I just don't even. Yeah. I do appreciate that he, near the end of his piece, he, uh, in the end of his article, he says, like, I, it's important to mention not all Christians are like this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's a really good thing that he says. I do take issue with what he says before that, which is oh, that I these are not that. Christians. These are grifters. And, well, I, I'm okay. sorry. I think that a part, an important part of uh, the process of accountability and holding these things to not be acceptable is to uh, accept that these are grifters who are Christians. Yeah. Like, these are Christians. Yeah. They they are horrible people and they are bad and they are uh, parasites who take advantage of people's faith and who twist theology to their own ends. But they are Christians. Yeah, um, that's that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is, so many times you hear people saying like, "Oh, well, this terrible thing happened. They weren't real Christians." But I and, and I would have you would have been one to defend Christianity and the church for you know until the last few years you know and now i'm like okay so christians have done horrible things throughout history people who colonized the united states of america christianity is all over that all over every place that was invaded and so i'm like yeah (laughs) yeah so christianity is at fault and there are like the little people the you know, there are people who are sincere Christians who are actually loving and kind and caring. But mm-hmm. I feel like now in my head, they are the minority compared yeah. to, you know, what Christianity now stands for. That's why I hesitate to call myself a Christian anymore. Yeah, Because I'm like, totally. I don't want to be like, I have a relationship with God. Like I still believe in God. I don't want to be associated with any of this crap that is going on in churches and this like uh, nationalism. Is that what it's called? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like all of that disgustingness. It's, it's so gross. I'm like, no, I'm out. Absolutely. It's it's gross. Well, and I think this is why the deconstruction movement is so powerful right now. Mm -hmm. And I say powerful because I grew up, christian and that is just christianese for (laughs) effective this is why so many people i'm sorry it's it's just part of who i am yeah you can't you can't just escape it it either i mean i don't literally what 
saying praise reports the other day. I was like, I don't yeah. know how to say this any other way. Like, there's a but you hear it now, happens. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I say it, and I'm like, well, that's that's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know other language for it. Yeah. So, um, so, but this is why the deconstruction movement is such a big thing right now, especially for like millennials and like people who grew up in like being told like this is how you love people this is how mm -hmm. uh, how you should be treating people you should be vulnerable you should be you know transparent you should not be sexually assaulting people and then and then they go back on everything and then are offended that we're the ones that walk away like because yeah. it's not anything like we were told it should be yeah Yes, I, I get uh, emails from a uh, newsletters from a uh, sort of focus on the family successor <laughs> organization founded by a uh, alumni of the Focus on the Family Institute. Uh, this organization is called Axis, which is a really bad choice for naming your organization. Um, but anyways, so I get these uh, newsletters of theirs that are that's literally called like a cultural translator. So the, their newsletters of like, hey, here's things that are going on in the news and the world. Here's what you're supposed to think about them. And oh, they're yeah. very aware Thanks. of yeah. the deconstruction uh, trend Movement, yeah. uh, uh, in, in social media and, and they're scared shitless. Of yeah. It. Oh, yeah. Well, they're trying to delegitimate, delegitimize, legitimate yeah. as often as they possibly can. Cause even they're like, well, deconstruction is okay. As long as you do it specifically this way and you come to this conclusion, which is not yeah. actually deconstruction. Like that it's, is not, yeah. You're still that's being... just, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. You're still, Yeah. Sorry, I keep interrupting because I'm like agreeing with you. So I'm like, yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a common thing. Like you are, you're allowed to doubt so long as you doubt how we tell you. You exactly. are free to be free within the constraints of how we want you to be free. And only that. Right? Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was at, Okay, so when I was at Bible college, or when I had just graduated from Bible college and was working there, because, you know, I didn't have, I hadn't had enough just being a student, um, uh, they were put together, so they always put together a youth retreat, so they, in the fall and in the spring, they would have, like, 150 youth that would come, and we'd have a speaker, and we'd have worship, and we'd do all the things. I've probably talked about this before on the podcast, but one of the, and so then they do skits and they do testimonies and they do, you know, all sorts of stuff. Drawing. To keep the kids. And yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they do like really dumb games for the kids where they would, you know, just get messy and it's like fear factor style well, stuff. I hate you know, that in youth. I, yeah. The it's the worst. worst. I hated that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember they chose this skit and it was basically like this girl who was having doubts about Christianity and was asking questions and they were valid questions and like concerns about stuff. And basically the response that she got was doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. And that was like what she kept walking around with. And that was kind of the conclusion of the skit. And I wow, just like, I remember as, and I, I, I was still like quite in the church at that point. And I was like, this is bad theology. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. what is what that? What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. I was so angry about it. Yeah. Because I had, uh, for like purely personally, like I had been very involved in these retreats previously as a yeah. student and had like had a lot of say in what happened and what went through, went across the stage. And, you know, and, but then they had a change in staff and like the people that were running the youth retreat, like, didn't care. Basically, they were just like, as long as the music is good and we're doing the music, mm-hmm. we don't care what the I, messaging is. Oh, geez. I actually find moments like that, like both frustrating and enraging, but also deeply validating when yeah. you see a kind of event that you've been involved in coordinating in the past and now someone else is doing it and it's a shit show. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, I I can actually do some things well. <laughs> yeah. Huh. yeah. It yeah. is validating. Yeah, but I just, I just was so angry. I was like, really? Like, why would you guys let this? Like, did you not screen anything before you put? Like, what does this even mean? Yeah. Anyway, it was very, it was a very frustrating uh, situation for different reasons at the time. But looking at it now, it's still a shitty message. Yeah. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. What the fuck? That's so stupid. It doesn't make any any logical sense. Doubt your doubts. If you have a doubt, dive into it. Think about it. Explore question it. it. Question yes. it. Yeah. And if you find out that what you're doubt, like what you're doubting, is there's a reason for it, then you have a new belief system that is okay, and that yeah. should be what happens instead of going around in circles over and over again for your entire life being stuck, but being told that it's too scary on the outside. To, well, because to actually think using your brain. what ha- It just turns into gaslighting. Yeah. Like, then you're just being gaslit into staying in the church. And this is kind of what I feel like they did in, in this meeting. Yes. Yeah. Is, right? We're just like, well, look, we're not going to actually talk about the issue. We're going to make it about you guys and how you can be better. Instead yeah. of actually acknowledging, look, like, our pastor fucked up. Yeah. Well, and and it's creating a sense of like trauma bonding solidarity of not, hey, there's a problem where senior leadership is corrupt and covered up horrible abuses and also is full of abusers. It's uh, we have a problem. We all have Mm -hmm. a problem. We are under attack by let's not talk about what the problem is, but there's a problem and we need to get through this together. And I bet that you are suffering and questioning right now and you're hurting. And that's okay because we, emphasis on we are going to get through this. And so people like the, uh, this, this is an abuse tactic and the, you know, the, the objective of it is for even though something has happened that should be driving people away in droves, mm-hmm. there are going to be people who come out of this doubling down mm-hmm. yeah. on their commitment to the organization yeah. because they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I got through this. We did it. Yeah. We're stronger together. Yep. yep. Together, yeah. me with all of these other people who've been conditioned to abuse and accept abuse. Um, and speaking of, do we want to? Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, this is where it's going to come out, like, how much the devil is attacking, like, the church and stuff like that. They are going to blame it on the devil. And it has, like, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. And they're going to talk about how, 
Brian or other people in the church are being persecuted, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Guess what? That's not persecution. Persecution is like being abused and like <laughs> harmed, terrorized for, for your faith. You can, ha- but you can have Christian martyrs. You can have Muslim martyrs. You can have, you know, that's what persecution is, is being like people doing it on purpose to you, not you doing it to yourselves. And it's not the devil. It's you doing it to yourself. Yeah. Well, and they don't like, what about the victims? I just like, I just want to know. I just, I hope that the victims are seeing the uprising of people like us in this article and like the amount of people that are like well this is bullshit and i hope that they are realizing that they're not alone Mm -hmm. because this is just like oh i don't even have words at this point like it's Mm -hmm. so upsetting and so frustrating A, a lot of this stuff is about as dark as you can get yeah yeah especially when it it's this kind of horrible response yeah yeah because you you know like people people do fucked up things there's never going to be an organization where someone doesn't do something horrible it's the the measure is in how you respond to it and whether you can actually take accountability and reflect and hold people responsible or if you do what Hillsong is doing. And that, that's the actual measure of whether you are okay as an organization or not. And they aren't. They are not. Yeah. No. Well, that's because the thing. Because their priority is, like, you, you can even, I was about to say their priority is survival. If, if, if you are taking seriously being a church that is doing good and that is a safe place for people, you can prioritize survival by cleaning house and making sure doing everything you can to make sure that this doesn't happen again that can be a way of prioritizing survival but that's not what they're going to do and it's not what they're doing and they've declared their intent to not do that yeah exactly and like that's the thing too is if if you are caught then you can either own up and be repentant and actually be sorry and make amends or you mm-hmm. can just continue to cover it up and cover it up and cover it up until you can't anymore. And that's what they mm-hmm. are going to do. There's a difference between actually being like, oh, crap, I really screwed this up really bad. And I am sorry. And like show that you're sorry. Then just being yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't do that. And I'm not actually sorry at all. And I'm better than you. And I have more money than you. So <laughs> I'm going to win anyway. Yeah, The well, Mark Bristol then... school of argument. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Then... I have millions of dollars in an account just for lawsuits like this. Hmm. <laughs> That's a little bit of a red flag, buddy. That's upsetting. <laughs> well, because what they do is, what, like, they never apologize yeah. And then they say, if you don't forgive us and move on, then that's your own problem. Yeah. Like, if you don't forgive us and, and support us and move on, even though we've never apologized, we don't think we did anything wrong. But, like, and this is how churches then surround abusers mm-hmm. and gaslight and, like, alienate victims. Because victims I, are like, look, mm-hmm. you've never held the abuser accountable mm-hmm. for anything that he's done. Like, he he has abused me and you are now holding him up in leadership positions you are now doing all of these things and then you're getting mad at me for being like look this isn't okay and yeah. you know and being like well you need to just forgive him and move on because 
it seems like it's your own stuff. No. Yeah. It's it's a classic tactic of reversing the victim and offender. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this poor offender. Life yeah. is so hard for them. Yeah. They're being called out on the crap that they pulled. Yeah. Rough life. life. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of church leaders are. Yeah. It's like, oh, 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 I'm being so persecuted. Like you were saying, like, yeah. oh, I'm being so persecuted because I'm being called out on shit that I actually did. Yeah. <laughs> or or not even like called out, even not even held to task, just sometimes facing the natural mechanistic consequences of their own yeah. actions. And even that totally. is just so, so <sighs> tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, that's upsetting. Yeah. Um, speaking of Hillsong, did we want to talk about any uh, of the other scandals? Yes. Well, I, I was going to say, speaking of like getting caught, and uh, yeah, we can we can pivot to some funnier uh, greatest hits. Do we want to talk about fake cancer guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I share my story about him first, yes. and then yeah. we can kind of deconstruct it? Okay. So when I was at Bible college. I was in my first year and there uh, in the second year, the students got to do like the second year students uh, in my first year, they got to do a worship class where they basically talked through like the theory of worship. And I don't know. I don't really know. I never got to take the class. It sounded like a really fun class, but I never got to take it, but they talked about this video. So, so there's this song in Christian circles and it basically is like, I believe you're my healer. I believe that you're all I need is kind of the lyrics of it. I think healer is what it's called. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. The, the song is called healer. I I, I, yeah. I want to briefly correct you uh, when you say Christian circles, um, evangelical oh, sorry. circles, because Thank I was you. Yes, so right. unfamiliar with all of this stuff. Okay, I, I did okay. not know. And um, I mean, as much as the more traditional churches are dying out and have no young people in them, um, you know, <laughs> there are people who don't know and are still Christians. Right. Thank you. But, I appreciate yes. that clarification because I do uh, assume that everybody knows things that I know growing up in evangelical <laughs> circles. So I apologize yeah. for that. Thank you, Mitch. Evangelical um, chauvinist. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm off. I can't, I can't be on this podcast anymore, guys. Yeah. I it I've up. hit my quota of mistakes. Um but so so originally so this was a very popular song at my church anyway like I had known it for a few years like I think I learned it as a teenager um I had learned originally that the story behind this was that he had cancer and he wrote this song as like God is his healer whether or not he's healed from cancer or not and then I think he got healed from cancer was the story that had been like widely spread within circles and then i remember being at bible college and the second year students all come out of their class just like mind blown because he shares his story there is a youtube video of it um that people can look up if they want i can um it's readily available i'm sure um but he shares the story of how Anyway, from what I heard from the students was he had, I have to qualify this now because it's, who knows, who knows, but was he had such a strong porn addiction that it was eating into every area of his life and causing weight loss. Like 
anything, whatever from it was causing weight loss and causing him to lose his hair and all of this. Basically, he was dying because he was so addicted to porn. I I have a quote from him. Can I read it? Yes, absolutely. As a result of this secret life of sin, my body would often break down. I'd report the cause of my symptoms simply as illnesses. And I've thrown my life into ministry for many years, trying to compensate for my sin. Two years ago, I reported that I was suffering from cancer. The truth is that although I was ill, I did not have cancer, but was using the misdiagnosis to hide the lie that I was living. So one, like there was never a misdiagnosis. Yeah. um, uh, Like as someone who has actually struggled with like chronic pain and conditions and how yeah. doctors and even worse than doctors like people around you don't take you seriously and don't think they're, they're real fuck yep. this guy yeah. yeah first of all in misdiagnosis <laughs> he misdiagnosed himself he lied he's like yes exactly no the lie that i told was wrong yes was, or I, the lie that i told yes. yeah and yes and, no exactly yeah. yeah and if you watch the freaking video he did not do you see his head of hair he's got a full head of thick yeah. hair a full beard he's probably got hair all over his freaking chest and back he did not lose hair because of this illness he's just an idiot trying to compen- trying to work his way out of this lie that he told just own it just own it all the way say you lied completely you're a jerk you are whatever say what you need to say own up 100% don't give me excuses about oh I was so sick it's your own freaking fault but instead what he did worked he lied about a cancer addiction to gain sympathy from people and a successful very lucrative musical career with a giant hit through Hillsong. So uh, as someone who, uh, as I was just snarking about, uh, grew up in a more traditional church and then like got dumped into evangelical circles in my teen years. um, When I first was hearing about Hillsong, I didn't know that it was a church. I thought it was just a record label. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's fair because it's not very clear. Right. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so this guy yeah. gets caught in this easily disprovable lie, and he's like, "Okay, yeah. okay, but you all believed that." So here's here's another here's whopper that actually that's yeah. harder to falsify. Um, and, but, but it's still such a useless, stupid, shitty lie. It, it strikes me as like, have you heard of those circumstances where sometimes a guy will like go on social media like, oh, "My girlfriend is pregnant, and we've never had sex." Immaculate conception. God is so good. Like it yeah. strikes me as that <laughs> it's such garbage. Of, uh, easily, because because well, you because he believes his own his own rhetoric. He believes yes. his own lie, and then he still garners sympathy. Yeah, yeah. By so, being like, yeah. look, I have this horrible addiction, and it is not my fault. It is completely outside of myself. Yeah. And I have, and I am a slave to it. Yeah. Please have sympathy for me because you understand because you also have been, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that was, anyway, that was what I took from that, from everyone thinking back on it now when they were all talking about it and like, oh my God, that's so wild. But there was so much sympathy for him still, even oh. though he had lied and was, you know, who knows, who knows. 
but well, it just traded in one fraudulent sympathy for another. Exactly. Well, th- so the way that you framed it. So, um, have you guys watched the movie Clue from the one from the eighties or the nineties? Like, like the VHS mystery one, where yes. you could like play it as a as a as like some kind. I never understood how it worked, but it was no. like a VHS tape game and no. You could- it wasn't the game. There was they did a movie back in like the seventies, oh, okay. the eighties. It was like okay. an actual movie. But what happens in the movie? I, th- I just recently rewatched it um, <laughs> because it's one of my favorite movies. But so what they do at the ending is they have the ending, and then you think that it's all solved, and then they they go, and then there's like a black screen, and it's like that could have happened, or and then they jump back, and then they give you an alternate ending, and then a black screen and then it's like but what actually happened is they give you three endings uh-huh. and then the final ending is like what actually happened but it, that feels like what he's doing yeah. is like here's here's a here's one ending here's how it could have happened oh yeah. well but that's not how it happened so how about i throw this other one here yeah. but he never gives you like the third what actually is going on yeah he just kind like, of just deflects stop, yeah. And also the fact that he was like trying to make up for his sin or addiction with with going into ministry like please don't do that please there's there's that transaction like go go far away far away from any ministry to anybody fix work on yourself dude have a regular job you don't need to do ministry work on yourself get get better and then see what happens but, but but that's that's not what really happened. What right. happened was he was in ministry and a rock star and popular and making a lot of money. And then he got caught and tried to back solve a transactional. Oh, you know, I'm not perfect, but I've been doing all of this good to compensate. And that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no. You compensate for doing bad by repenting and being accountable and not... D- doing bad things yeah well and yeah. watching the video is just it literally i cannot watch the whole thing it makes me sick to my stomach because just the manipulation of it with him having the oxygen thing up his you know in his nose and how he's yeah. so passionately singing and it sucks because he has an amazing voice he has a beautiful voice mm-hmm. and like all of everyone at hillsong who's on stage has amazing like the, the music video of him like that is still up yeah it is it is yeah, yeah. and because yeah and it just it makes me sick it's like dude you were so manipulative and now you are being manipulative again you're just going you're just yeah. never going to you not just change your tactics yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Ugh. it's yeah also, um, do you want to move on to uh, Carl Lentz? Yeah, yeah, that was the next one I was thinking oh, okay. as well. Oh, I'm not sure that I know about this one. Is this the uh, the restaurant embezzler or so? No, no. so this is the guy who yeah, basically cheated on his wife, and then they both got fired. Yep. So right. he worked. He was one of the some someone in the church, a pastor. He was one of the pastors. He was and the New he, York um, pastor. He's known as like Justin right. Bieber's pastor. BFF, and, yeah. yeah. Spiritual <laughs> advisor and life coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. The thing that's funny, but not actually funny to me is that, 
so Brian, when Carl Lentz, all this came out that Carl was um, cheating mm-hmm. on his wife and having an affair, Brian, this was like a year or two ago, I think that this happened. Time flies. So maybe it was actually more than that. Between like one and three years ago, I'll say this yeah. happened. And, uh, and so Brian said that he needed to be fired. And so he fired him and his wife for his wife for absolutely no reason besides again I know. being connected yeah. to the husband. Um, yeah. Obviously, and being obviously, cheated on. If he How was sleeping she? around, she wasn't a good yeah. enough wife. Right, she wasn't right. putting out for him. But right, uh, so you know, it's no wonder he had to just you yeah. know fall on someone into someone's vagina. But well, and um, more than one person. Like he che- he cheated on her multiple times. Oh, okay. But there's, more th- there there's was more one, than one affair. There's one like woman who Specific actually one. really came forward and has like interviews and stuff yeah but um mm-hmm. but yeah like so brian fires him one to three years ago and now he like in january of this year i believe he went on sabbatical and now has resigned um and it's like dude you were like preaching like oh we had to fire this guy for blah 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 blah, blah. yeah all the while knowing full well what he is doing what it's he's just, doing what his dad was doing oh what, my gosh it's like like and there's now like hillsong arizona i believe it is is closing its doors like their pastors are out because of everything yeah. that's going on i think there's another yeah. one that's out um yeah in the last couple of days and he's starting a new church is like whatever i saw that one but, i saw that yeah. i follow that guy i can't remember who it was yeah, I'm not I can't sure why I follow him, but I yeah, I saw that, <laughs> and he was like, "Look, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, he's yeah. like, "I'm this is gonna be my last Sunday with Hill Songs, but Easter Sunday, I'm opening this new church called This and This." So yeah, like, I know it's just funny. It's like, dude, <laughs> you still want the yeah. power and the prestige and to preach, and yeah. just they're not never associated done. with a Hill Songs name. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like yeah. just changing. Yeah. yeah. Well, same with like the Mark Driscoll churches. What was the Mark Driscoll church? Mars Hill? Mars Hill, yeah. yeah. It really right. pisses me off that he's a pastor again of a I know. Church. Well, like, but this is what yeah. the, I mean realistically this is what Brian's going to do also. <sighs> like well, he's, gonna he's going to just move jail for 5 years. Well, we'll see. He might go yeah. to jail. Yeah, hopefully. Um I don't yeah. have very uh how can I put it? I don't have very high uh expectations of Although they've brought the investigation this far, but yeah. like for a rich, powerful white man to yeah. face consequences, uh, in particularly with like the history of sexual assault from high profile people in Australia, mm-hmm. yeah, is probably not even going to do time. I mean, maybe 30 days yeah. and then a couple years probation or community yeah. service or something. Uh, one of those prisons with a golf course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does that exist? Yeah. Probably. Oh my gosh. <laughs> $12.7 million a year. That's disgusting. Just Hillsong East Coast. So that's like each church alone is making millions of dollars just from people tithing. And then basically the churches or the pastors are just spending it on themselves. Like there's no accountability on where the money's going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I understand people need to make a living. You don't need to make millions of dollars off of people's tithes and offerings. That's what disgusts me is, like, I've, I have tithed my whole life. It wasn't until, like, and I've never really thought of not tithing. Because, it, well, for one thing, I was like, oh, if I don't tithe, you know, something bad's going to happen. But then I just did it as, like, a form of, well, 
it's good to give to charity and so on, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. that. And now I'm like, I don't, I don't, I think I'm done tithing for a little bit. Like, I'm just going to yep. take a break because I yep. now know that I'm not going to be struck by lightning if I don't tithe. God yeah. still loves <laughs> me if I don't tithe. He doesn't want to punish me. I'm not paying a pastor's salary. I'm not going to pay, you know, like for that kind of, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. Like, I can still give to other charities or, you know, different things like that if I want to, but I don't feel like I need or want to tithe 10% of my income to just out of fear of, of what might happen to me and out of like this religious obligation. Like I'm done with that for a while. It's no longer like a guilt motivated thing. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, I mean, yeah. I've done it for so long that it was no longer a guilt thing. It was like a, a it's tradition. Just what you do. And I think it's, I yeah. do think it's good practice to give to different charities and things I agree. like that. Like yeah. if you can, but also if you're struggling financially and if you can't, yeah. you should not feel guilty. You should not feel no. like you have to give 10% of your tithe no. when you are barely making it by yourself, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I think I did the same transition where like I would give tithe a lot or I would at least set it aside. And then mm-hmm. when I didn't have like a specific church that I was going to, I would either, when I was a student, I would usually like sneak it into other kid, other students' mailboxes. Oh, nice. As yeah. like, as like, so just like, well, cause it was like, I just felt like I wanted, I, you know, you'd know that someone was like stressed about money or mm-hmm. whoever, whoever I felt like say God put on my mind, I would just mm-hmm. like put the money in an envelope, put it in their mailbox. They'd never know it was from me. Yeah. And that, you know, and then they'd get like a little present of like, oh my God, 20 bucks. This is amazing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. There are always new little things that are coming up about how much of a good person you are, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's my plan. I have a very um, strict narrative that I follow (laughs) and it's that I'm a good person all the time. (laughs) <laughs> I never do anything wrong. I never do anything shitty or selfish or whatever. And that's I, I, blatantly I just not mean, true. I just mean these anecdotes that you always come up with <laughs> that are just like, oh, here's a silly thing that I did in the past. And you're not even aware while you're saying it, like how kind and good <laughs> <It's>, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's yeah. uh, thank you. Now I just yeah. feel really embarrassed. <laughs> Uh, sorry no sorry. but it's like no, it's a very it's like very sweet like it's such a kind that's what yeah it's like a kind and loving thing to do to give of your you know you're probably barely making any money either and then giving it yeah. to someone else who's struggling that's I, what well, I feel like ties should be anyway just like right and that's what me and Jeremy have done for quite a while now is we'll be like who do we feel like giving this to instead of, I mean, cause we don't have a church home church. Yeah. We haven't had one for a while. And so it's like, who should we give this to? And it's, it's more fun that way too. Cause it's it like, is more fun that way. Yeah. You get to pick something or someone that you actually really believe in. Yeah. Rather than just like, here's my money going off blindly to who knows who and who knows where. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. My journey was kind of similar to yours, Lindsay, of like, I'm not paying this to the church, especially mm-hmm. because the church that I went to growing up, um, I found out at one point just how much the lead pastor made. And it was like over $120,000. 
and yeah. i knew how much the, the rest of the staff yes okay and i knew how much the rest of the staff made um i wasn't supposed to know these things but i also worked at a church that was of a similar uh denomination and we i had access to some of these things um and found out just some of the discrepancies and was like well i'm not i'm not supporting this yeah kind of thing yeah. and i mean i stopped supporting it before that but that just like confirmed to me like yeah. oh yeah no this church doesn't need my money i don't want to be it's just like i don't want to be putting it into a sinkhole i'd rather right. i'd rather if i'm if i'm using my money i want it to go to something that's useful mm-hmm. Or like endless building funds. I remember when I was yeah. at, at that church and there was like this thing on the wall that they would, you know, fill in, you know, the, the me- temperature meter looking thing. Yes, I remember that. Meter, yep. Thermometer. Thermometer. Like, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. <laughs> a brain glitch, but yes. That's okay. <laughs> it was, it kind of, I got there. Anyways, um, yes, the thermometer thing and we'd fill it, they would fill it in like, you know, how the old-fashioned way before they could do anything fancy or like with like probably tvs on the walls that would actually show the the thermometer like going up but yeah they had a building fund years ago and i don't think i think maybe they've expanded a little bit but the plan at the time was to buy new land and build a new church and well that's still is that mm -hmm. still the plan i'm like still the plan why they've did... broken ground on the new <gasps> on yeah so basically as as the city this is what i don't understand about churches is like we're gonna make ourselves as inaccessible as humanly possible so they were already on the edge of town and now town has grown to mm. meet up with them and they are moving oh. farther out of town and it's like yeah instead yeah, of like that, embracing right. the community around on the them. end of town and now yeah yeah i remember that but yeah i, I wonder how many elders in the church are uh you know management at a construction firm locally or something (laughs) yeah 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 but like i mean that's true that's a good point because there's definitely more yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i mean that's that's a real thing that happens yes yeah yeah but you've been having this building fund for probably decades now decades well they so they did extend like the kids wing okay they extended they added like they added like another four rooms or something okay. and another bathroom set of bathrooms um, and like a couple other things like on that side of, yeah. they were supposed to, there was supposed to be like a gym added. I know we talked about this in a yeah. uh, Chrissy Miller episode. <laughs> yeah. There was supposed to be a gym added. There's supposed to be other things. And then, so they, and then they redid all the flooring. Like they so modernized the whole building a lot. That? Why don't you just keep the church you have? And if I know this is what I was like, wondering. And then why, why fix it up if you're going to move if you're somewhere moving. else? And also and rebuilding why do scratch. you need to build a freaking yeah. mega mega church know. center have the church the church it. is plenty big you can have yeah. build another like other churches can you know i and- wonder how they're doing since covid like mm. i'm just anyway i mean i feel like i wonder mm-hmm. how all places are doing since covid but, but um yeah. one thing sorry i'm just yeah. going to redirect slightly yes uh one thing i appreciated about the church that i did work at was it was in a strip mall in like the oh, low income area of yeah. the city uh-huh. right i mean it was like if i was there alone i had to lock the door but cuz <laughs> cuz they'd had situations of people like coming in to use the bathroom and then overdosing and dying in the bathroom oh and, like, yikes like 
but yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. And, and but then then we'd have people walking it walking through all the time that were like, "Hey, I need a ride to pick up food from the food bank," or mm-hmm. "Hey, um, do you guys have any food?" Like we got to be there right in the community, mm-hmm. and so we we got to help. I mean, we couldn't help one. We couldn't help that much because we didn't have any money. It was a very small church, mm-hmm. and two, you know, there there were still things. But it was nice. I like, I prefer, like, I like, there were a lot of things that I liked about working yeah. at that church. Other than, there were a lot of things I didn't like. But I just, that was, I guess that was more where my heart was, was like mm-hmm. being there with the people that are actually struggling. And like, yeah. yeah, we couldn't do much. We had like, you know, four $25 grocery cards that we could give out like mm-hmm. a month or like every other month kind of yeah. thing. Like it wasn't much at all, yeah. but we did the best that we could. And, yeah. you know, and there were a few people that we then built connections with and got, like there was a lady that I took every other week to get her, get stuff from the food bank. And that's right. actually, and so then we, like, that's what the church should be about. It should be about this, serving yeah. people. Sorry. That's what Jesus would do. In my opinion, he would, that's why like the loaves and fishes things, he served people. He didn't say, um, well, are you working? Do you deserve this bread? He, right? just, he just like helped people. <sighs> yeah. And instead of building like freaking spotlights and flashing, flashing lights and the most expensive equipment to have a concert every Sunday, he wasn't about that yeah yes it's funny to me that there is that justification of like oh the the head pastor needs a third ferrari because this is part of leading people to god yeah and and the white shows are the the same kind of idea and the idea that like you have to keep expanding your church and make your church bigger and very often like big mega churches um like crossroads and the like uh, the bulk of their congregation isn't filled up with new converts. It's just parasitic people stolen from other churches. That Absolutely. Because yeah. they go all in on the glitz and the glamour and the slide yep. in the middle of the church and the gym yep. and anything and yep. everything. Yeah. Uh, but like, like, yeah. Um, you know, growing up, uh, going to St. Luke's in downtown Red Deer, um, yep. there would be, you know, Red Deer is a town with a lot of problems and Red Deer is a town that is really screwed up. It's downtown and there would be, uh, people who were struggling, who were, uh, always part of the congregation and they could walk to the church. Yeah. Uh, and right. there would be homeless people Accessible. who would come in and they would be welcomed. Um, of course it's a church with an older population. So yes, there would be some 80 year olds who would give them the death glare. Right. Of um, course. But, but there were also people who tried to make people feel welcome. Um, we used the church hall uh, as one of the overflow shelter places for like the, uh, the, um, I think we called in from the cold. In from the cold, yeah. yeah. In, in Red Deer, which is uh, extremely important in the Canadian winter. Now, yeah. uh, my, my personal politics are that it would be great if we actually had well-funded shelters with prepared volunteers to actually have space to take care of people, because mm-hmm. in from the cold was a mess. Yeah, uh, people I've, were I've, you know, I've heard not that not prepared for just the uh not that these are bad people but just like no, the struggles yeah. of people who are homeless and dealing mm-hmm. with addiction yeah. like rando volunteers from a church community are aren't ready for no. that 
No. You know, and, and so there were a yeah. lot of problems. And yeah. when you have a lot of problems like that, you wind up with a lot of people who like get kicked out and not let in. And that's really bad. Yeah. Um, but that's a big contrast to these mega churches that get built out on the other side of the highway outside of downtown where you cannot walk to them. You will die. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and like the church that we went to was involved in In From the Cold, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, years ago. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I, I was never a part of it, but yeah, I know the name. Yeah, they used to do it how, however often, once a month or something in yeah. the, in like there was like a smaller building that the youth hung out in and um, they would do it there on like Saturday nights or whatever. I don't know. There was a schedule, but then mm -hmm. they stopped doing it. Like they stopped offering it. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just like these buildings are so big and they're not mm -hmm. being used yeah. except on Sundays and then like Wednesday nights for like events or whatever. Like yeah. there are giant pockets of time where either only the offices are being used because it's a work day mm -hmm. or like the church isn't even being used and there's bathrooms and a lot of churches have showers and, yeah. and they're not actively like being open for people. Yeah like yeah. that need that need them mm -hmm. that are going to die in the cold yeah and that's not jesus mm -hmm. it's upsetting anyway. but if you're letting people in to your event center you might compromise the ability to put on a rock concert every sunday and draw in more time <laughs> right what if they break stuff and steal stuff and yeah oh no oh i'm sorry do we care about material possessions all of a sudden like yeah <laughs> Is that would would is that what Jesus would do? He'd be like, oh, sorry, I can't let you in because you might steal something, or you might do drugs on my property, or like, yeah, really, really, that's what we're that's where we draw the line. Yeah, <sighs> I was a part of a church know. in a church plant in in I was gonna say anything. I was a part of a church <laughs> plant, um, which if anyone knows me will easily figure it out, but um it didn't it didn't last but I remember there was uh we were having a meeting at one point because the church was not growing it there was just like a handful of people and it was like well what are we doing and I remember uh one of the people like because the people that did come regularly were um basically like a homeless couple um I think maybe they lived in their truck or something like that um you know mm -hmm. they didn't have an actual mm -hmm. like house house to stay in and um, I remember one person was like, well, we got to basically what is our strategy to to move out of this, what we're doing now with these people into serving people of a higher income? <laughs> and wow. that was that was that's that's not how it was said, but that was yeah. what I kind got from that. it. And I was like, aren't we supposed? To be does it doesn't it not matter who comes as long as people are coming and like you know being helped learning about God all this stuff that's was that was what I had in my head I didn't realize we had this like elitist caste system of people we prefer and so that just rubbed me so wrong and yeah well, that's you know, you, you know, Lindsay, it doesn't matter who comes because we are all created equal. So while we're all equal, how about <laughs> it be the nice rich people in the church instead of oh. those scary people we don't want to associate with? Because we're all equal, you see. Yes. So some of us, 
But some of us are more equal than others. (laughs) That's such a great explanation. Thank you. Um, I would like to say. People really think that way. uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I would like to say that just because churches, there are some churches that are very like pro supporting the homeless people. Mm -hmm. And just because there are churches that are like that doesn't mean that they don't also have their problems. Right. As oh, yeah. far as like the there's a church in Red Deer that was um they had a food. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I uh, can we talk about this? Is this okay? I'm activated. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should have. I just thought of it, but so there was a there's a church downtown that also had a uh f- like a, a soup kitchen that I would I used to volunteer at sometimes. Oh, My yeah. mom and I would go mm-hmm. volunteer together. Um, and, but the pastor of the church was like, I, okay, it's been a while since I've heard, since I remember this, but like doing, like sleeping with congregants or something, like had multiple affairs. What what they did was tied in with the church parish. They had a homelessness placement housing program and he would abuse that to coerce women into sleeping with them and tell yes. them that if they said anything which is how we got away with it for so long that if if they said anything then they would be back out on the street oh my god that's um, so upsetting tell me he's in prison now uh it was extremely hard to get anyone to testify against him i don't think um, he is because this happened and, oh and i i remember they're starting a they start they're starting a new one and and of course he was like extremely successful and extremely lucrative in all of this right because he was you know getting a ton of income from it and then what he deigned to take from those tithes was going to these projects um i think that what happened was they're building a new one and uh He's not involved anymore because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there's been all this controversy. So he's stepped back. His son's doing it. Oh, that's always the freaking case. This is the case. Yeah. Pulling it back to Hillsong. Brian yeah. Houston's father, Frank Houston, is the one who was yes. starting these churches. And then Brian took over. He invited Brian to come and help him with the church or something. They're always involved. It's a goes father, son, like, uh, like Frank should never have been a pastor in the first place. And then he just passed it on. And when you have, like, it's so toxic to begin with. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a healthy, like, brain to start with, it, you can't, like, it's it's going to explode or implode at some point as it is now doing. So, yes, exactly. Uh, um, b- before we move on too far, I was just looking it up. I, I don't mean to <laughs> Me be... Uh, okay. to be oblique about okay yeah so so the church is it is potter's hands and the it, the pastor is stan shulk and um <gasps> i i know for a fact that like he is a piece of shit and there has been he more is. that's gone on than he's been charged with um you know allegedly oh yes so i looked yes so i was gonna i was gonna name him also because i don't think it's not that we want to give him um he doesn't deserve it, you know, to be anonymous he doesn't allegedly. Yes, allegedly. allegedly. So <laughs> basically, in twenty, it was twenty fifteen. Oh. Um, he, uh, he, um, basically, what the judge says is that he grabbed a woman's breast without her consent, and so he was charged. Should... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. 
I was oh. just going to say you should still be charged. You're still touching a woman without her consent. Yeah. So he basically was given a 90 day conditional sentence, which, which includes like 30 days of house arrest and then 12 months probation. Um, I remember I was working. So this happened in 2015. Um, so it happened like the summer of 2015 and I was charged in the winter. This, this situation, it doesn't bring up anything about what he was doing with like the housing project or any of that. Because none of that ever, they could never get anyone to testify. Uh, So allegedly what I think happened is that allegedly he, uh, after getting away with this for so long, he got so used to it that he has sexually assaulted a staff member at the church. (gasps) Gotcha. And then that was then was like, hey, wait a minute. But yeah, it's it's a it's a really bleak and horrible thing. And the fact that he's still going to be in a position of like theoretically removed, but we know what's going on. He's still preaching. (gasps) Yeah, yeah. I just looked. I just looked at their page. Sunday, March thirteenth, Pastor Stan preached on the kingdom of God. This is like this is why. Do you see why anyone who is still in the evangelical church who's yes. listening to this? Do you see why I have some trust issues and I do not want to set foot in a church like this again? It is disgusting. And this is why I have a hard time like not blasting every like pastor on Instagram or something being like, Oh, like, you know, being like, Oh, look, here's another one. Here's another. Cause I mean, it would be endless. It would be all day long, but it's yeah. like, on one hand, I try to, I'm trying to like balance out calling people out and being like, hello. And also still being able to talk to people who are very much in the evangelical church who think I've gone nuts, you know, and being like, Hey, actually yeah. I'm not nuts, but I still need to be able to somehow reach you and somehow yeah. just beg you to open your eyes. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. Like it would have been, it was impossible. It would have been impossible for anyone to reach me, honestly. Like it just happened when it happened. And there's no really, not really a way that you can convince someone like, you know, you can't be like this, please, 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 you know, cause someone could have begged me and it just, thank God it happened when Thank God I, my eyes were open and I have my own faculties and my own, I actually am thinking for myself more now outside of the church than I ever did yeah. for 32 years, say, of my life or 33. However, I don't know. I forget how old I am. No, I don't <laughs> know how old I am. But, you know, the last, it'll be two years in July when I really started to yeah. like Deconstruct. ask questions and be yeah. like, things are not okay. Um, one. I have two things to say to you, Lindsay. Yeah. One, I love angry Lindsay. She's great. <laughs> Can we keep her around? She <laughs> is so passionate, so fired up, and I mean that in all the best ways and non not Christian Jesus churchy ways. Um, and I love that. I think Thank that's you. amazing. And Thanks. two, Candace, Candace and I were talking about you the other day because I. Uh, Because of all this conversation, so we, uh, for the listeners, we have a Discord where we just kind of chat about all of the scandals going on in the church and whatever and figure out podcasting stuff. And um, there's been a lot of talk lately. Anyway, so I was chatting with Candice about you and I just was like, I just love watching her deconstruction journey. It's so exciting because (laughs) I remember being there. I remember being where you are and like navigating all of those things and like, it's just so cool when you're like hitting those realizations and mm-hmm. like 
connecting back to yourself and and all those things so I was mm-hmm. talking about how great you are with that oh thank you uh, so just we're we love that you're going on this journey and um that you are sharing it with us <laughs> thank you so. I appreciate that it's nice to have friends who understand and 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 accept me for where I am as a person kind of in the middle of this disaster totally <laughs> kind of well we've all been there right well yeah. and not only have we all been there but like compared to myself I'm perpetually impressed at how good you are at like holding out boundaries and having figured out what you don't accept anymore and like mm-hmm. not trying to agonize over it and like make yourself accept something that you've obviously moved past because I struggled with that so much mm-hmm. and you are so clear and confident in figuring out what you actually want now and yeah mm-hmm. yeah you're a really impressive woman oh thank you oh that's so nice anything else i'll, I'll take oh no, i'm just kidding <laughs> that's good that's we'll, good. We'll, no. we'll, we'll tell candace it's an emergency <laughs> so that she can get on the call to also give you a compliment that's right yeah well i yeah because Can- candace was also saying all the same things about oh. how great it is too. it wasn't just me that was saying how great oh. you are I don't want Candace to listen to it and be like, I was saying that too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was the other thing. That was the other thing that I want to talk about as like scandals like this hit close to home because they happen literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. So like, so this thing with Stan Schalk, who is just a horrible, awful person, um, it, like it happened in our backyard essentially like it happened in red deer yeah where we all grew yeah. up yeah <laughs> and like and like we're involved like i know people that were on the worship team there or i like i volunteered at the soup kitchen i know other people that volunteered i know mm-hmm. you know i know a lot of people that like went to the church when it started and like you just don't realize it and when i worked at the church that I was working at, he showed up at the church one time to chat with the pastor. So this was like 2018, 2018, 2019 after kind of like, so like way after everything had happened, he showed up to talk to the pastor and I just, I was just angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like, you didn't, you should not be in here, but I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't do anything. I just was like, Kate, uh, I'm going into my office and just close the door. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't have anything to say to you. It's unfortunate that pastors are probably, unless it something else comes to light, are going to not be like, hey, you shouldn't be involved in this guy's church and so on. You know, like they're not, are they calling him out? Are they talking to him and be like, being like, you should probably not be a pastor, you know? Like these men in leadership in Red Deer, are yeah. they saying anything to him? No, they're not because there were people that then like it was like it ended up being a meeting between like three of them of some church event that they wanted to do or like i remember talking to somebody else that was like a friend of the pastor he wasn't part of our church but i think he was an elder at a different church anyway and he was like oh well we're gonna do this and we're getting stan to join us or whatever and i'm like what like what what so oh my gosh i mean so disgusting yeah (sighs) anyway that's 
Was there anything else like Hailsong related that you guys wanted to talk about? Is this has been a dark episode? Has, I'm sorry yes, to our listeners. People. Thanks. Thanks to uh, everyone if you stuck through it. If not, it's totally fair. Yeah. And also, yeah. I just want to say too, if it sounds if there are any is anyone who's still in the church and listening and you think we're like bashing people, I just really want you to do some research into these things. Like watch yeah. the Hillsong documentary. If there's nothing, there shouldn't be anything to be afraid of. Look into yeah. things and start asking yeah. questions. There are reasons that people are deconstructing their faith and what yeah. they have always believed and are leaving the church. It doesn't mean they're leaving their relationship with God necessarily. Some people are, right. some people are atheists. No. Some people, you know, are open, open to other things. It's a very different thing to leave the church than to really to leave your relationship with god so yeah yeah yep well said thanks everyone for listening and bearing with us and you know getting righteously indignant with us uh if you want to talk about any of this uh feel free to reach out we are always available to talk or help answer any other questions or help just and navigate you through some of our deconstruction. And if that's what you're going through, uh, we are here. We are here for you yes. to figure out where you're at. So if you want to chat, find us on Instagram and Twitter. But if you want to talk to us, contact us on Instagram. Cause I never get back to people on Twitter um, at ideology, <laughs> ideology podcast. Um. And we are really good at getting back to you. We being Candace is really good at getting back to people. Uh, so, and she's always got amazing things to say. And yes. um, follow us. Uh, oh, and if you want more stuff like this, which is more uh, picking a part of the evangelical church and things that aren't necessarily adventures and odyssey related, join our Patreon. It's five bucks a month. You get at least two extra episodes a month. Uh, sometimes it's just a pre-release. Sometimes it's new stuff that we won't share on our main feed. Um, and it's yep. the real dirt. We oh, talk Jesus. about, yeah. yeah, we talk about pretty much everything that we can get our hands on. Um, fo follow us on all the things. Listen to us on all the things. <laughs> interact with us. Give us a star, five-star review. We would love that. Uh We've gotten a couple of really good reviews. We've also gotten a couple of really terrible reviews, which is just, you know, a confirmation that we're doing yes, the right thing. It's a compliment. Really. Uh, which so is that my favorite. My day too, so. I know me too. <laughs> Hopefully uh, the rest of your day is not as dark as this podcast episode was. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>